Today I want to speak to you from this thought, what's your name? What's your name? We all have different names that people call us. We all have different nicknames, aliases. We all have different names people call us. I have many names that I am called. For some, they call me Herbert. Others call me Herbert Jr. I have a cousin I grew up with, and she calls me, even to this day from time to time, she'll call me Junebug. Some call me Mr. Cooper. Some call me Pastor. Some call me Pastor Herbert. Those of you that tried to make me older than what I am and want to put me in my 50s, call me Pastor Cooper. <laughs> Pastor Cooper. My college friends call me HC or they, they call me Coop. Even from this to this day, I'll see some of my college friends and they'll say, what's up, Coop? Tiffany's family, they call me Cooper. I think Tiffany's family used to think that was my first name, <laughs> Cooper. True story. One of the wedding gifts my wife and I received from one of her family members, it was a blanket that had our names engraved on the blanket. And the blanket said, to Cooper and Tiffany. And that's what the blanket says, Cooper. Some call me Cooper. Tiffany, my wife, my precious bride, calls me sweetheart. She calls me sweetie. She calls me darling. She calls me dear. My kids, they have names for me. They call me daddy. They call me dad. My kids also call me Sushi Bushi. <laughs> I like sushi, and of course, kids come up with weird names, so say they decided to call me Sushi Bushi Daddy. And so that's one of my names. And we all have different names that people call us, and the reality is this, all of the names that people call us aren't good. They're not all positive. They don't all make us feel good, some of the names that people have spoken over our lives. The old saying says, sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me. But they do hurt. <laughs> names not only hurt us, but they can control our future. Some of you are not living up to your God-given potential because of the names, because of the labels people have placed on your life, labels. How many of you have heard the old saying on this on the playground? Maybe you heard this one. I'm rubber, you're glue. Whatever you say bounces off of me and sticks to you. And I wish this was true. But in most cases, what people say about us, the names they give us, they don't bounce off of us and stick on to other people. Oftentimes the names, the labels people say to us, they attach to our soul. They stick to our soul and they affect us. They define us. They cripple us. The labels that people give us can stop us from being who God wants us to be. Labels. Labels like you're unworthy, names like you're unlovable, you hypocrite, you cheater, you alcoholic, names like you addict, you're, you're just divorced, you're unwanted, labels like you failure, you're lazy, 
you're stupid, you're a coward, you're you're a weakling, you're you're crazy, you're worthless. Names, labels, you're ugly, you're abused, you're just a loser, you're a disappointment, you're a nobody. Labels that stick to our soul and can control and affect our destiny. And today I want us to study a man in the Bible who was mislabeled from birth. The Bible says in Genesis 25 and verse 26, it says, Then the other twin was born with his hand grasping Esau's heel. So they named him Jacob. Isaac was 60 years old when the twins were born. Now, I've taught you this in the past about names in the Bible. Names were very significant in the Bible. Nowadays, people will name their children and won't give much thought to it, won't give much, 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 much in mind about it. They just, you know, whatever's popular, whatever's cool. But in biblical days, names were significant. They carried meaning. They spoke of destiny. They spoke of potential. And, and the name Jacob in the Bible, it means heel grasper or deceiver or, or trickster. Jacob, he was labeled deceiver from birth. And Jacob, like so many other people on the planet today, he lived out the name that he was given. He lived out the label that was placed on his life from birth. The label deceiver didn't bounce off of him and stick to somebody else. No, that label attached to his soul and controlled his life. I encourage you this week during your Bible reading time to read about Jacob in Genesis 25. It talks about how Jacob deceived Esau out of his birthright. He lived out the label. In Genesis chapter 27, it talks about how Jacob deceived his own daddy, Isaac, and he deceived his brother Esau from the blessing that was supposed to be for Esau. He deceived his dad and got the blessing for himself. He lived out the label that was placed on his life. Something very interesting in Genesis 27, verse 36, Esau exclaimed, his brother exclaimed after he was tricked by his brother these two times. It says, no wonder his name is Jacob. He says, you named that boy right. He has the right name. He is a trickster and a deceiver. You guys gave him the right name. It goes on to say, for now he has cheated me. He has deceived me. He has tricked me twice. First he took my rights as the firstborn, and now he has stolen my blessing. Oh, haven't you saved even one blessing for me? And Esau wanted to kill his brother because he had deceived him on two occasions. And the Bible says because Esau wanted to kill Jacob, that Jacob fled from his home. He left his mom and dad and, and brothers and his brother, and, and Jacob fled to a foreign land, and he started his own family. And years had went by, and he had not seen his family and I want to pick up the story here in just a few moments in the scriptures where Jacob was going to be re reunited with his brother. He was going to see his brother after around 20 years 
of having, have, have not, he had not seen him since this incident of the last trickery and deception. And before Jacob sees his brother for the first time after 20 years, Jacob, the day before, has an encounter with God. And this encounter with God changed his name, changed his life, changed his destiny. And many of us in this place today, Midwest City, joining us online, are like Jacob. You, you, you've been labeled, some of you since birth, since a kid, since you were in junior high or high school. As an adult, you've been labeled, and it's affected your life. It's affected how you live. It's affected how you treat people. And you need, just like Jacob, an encounter with God Almighty that will change your name, change your life and change your destiny. You say, Pastor, how do I get a name change like this? That's what I want us to, to discover today from the Word of God. Number one is this, how do I get a name change? Number one is get alone with God. Get alone with God. Look with me in Genesis 32, the day before Jacob meets his brother Esau after 20 years. The scripture records, that night Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two female servants, and his 11 sons and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. After he had sent them across the stream, he sent over all his possessions. Verse 24. So Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. Jacob was left alone. This is huge, church. Don't overlook this. If you want to, 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 to get a new name, you have, to, you have to get along with God Almighty. A new label, a new name, a new identity begins by getting along with God. Friends, Jacob was left alone with God. And this was the catalyst. This was the starting point to him getting a new name from God. You see, you and I, we constantly hear what other people say about us. And we need to get along with God so we can hear what he has to say about us. Silence the crowd. Silence the crowd. We're constantly hearing what others say. What they say at work. What the television says. What the radio says. What friends say at school. Everywhere we go, people are labeling us. They're saying things about us. And they can attach to our soul. And we got to get along with God and hear what he says about us. The psalmist says in Psalms 46, verse number 10, he says, be still. That's hard to do in our culture. Come on, everybody's busy. Everybody's ripping and running. Even when we're alone, we're not alone. We got the cell phone. We got the iPhone. We're tweeting and Facebooking and texting and emailing. We're not alone. Listen, listen, listen. There are some times, put down the phone, turn it completely off, and be silent. Get along with God. Silence the crowd. Silence the voices. What does God say about you? What does his word say about you? Sometimes you need to just be still. And he says this. And know that I am God. 
I taught you week number one that only God has the right to label you. Only the creator of something and the owner of something has the right to label something. God is God all by himself. Your friends don't have the right to label you. Listen, your, your co-workers don't have the right to label you. Your friends don't have the right to label you. Only God. Be still and know that I, not your friends, your co-workers, your neighbors, your I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Be still and know that I'm God. Get along with God. Even Jesus got along with his heavenly father. He would silence the crowd and get along with God the father. Notice this in Mark chapter 1 and verse 35. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Jesus got along with God the Father. And the Bible says he prayed. How about you? Mark chapter 6 and verse 46, it says, after leaving them, and that's what some of you need to do. You need to leave them. You need to get along with God. Leave people. Leave the crowd. Put the phone down and turn it off. After leaving them, Jesus went up on a mountainside to pray. He got along with his heavenly Father. Luke chapter 4 and verse 42, at daybreak, Jesus went out to a solitary place. The people were looking for him, and that's what will happen when you try to get by yourself, and some of you are never by yourself. You don't even like to be alone. I don't want to be alone. And people are always looking for you and texting you, where are you? You got to get along. The, the people were looking for him, and when they came to where he was, they tried to keep him from leaving them. Luke chapter 5 and verse 16, but Jesus... Come, I want you to catch this often. Come on, both locations. Those joining us online, everybody say often. Catch this. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Often. You see, friends, he often got along with the Father and silenced the crowd. And I can tell you from my own life, I would not be the man of God that I am, have the relationship with God, that I have, if it wasn't from times of just getting along with God and hearing from Him. The crowd is so loud. The voices are so loud. The television, the radio can be so loud and try to define our life. And there have been times of my life I have had breakthroughs by getting along with God. Be still and know that He is God. And Jacob was left alone. There's a, a, a second thing I want you to see about how to have a name change. Number two is this, wrestle with God. Wrestle with God. Notice this in Genesis 32 and verse 24. It says, so Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. A man. Now, as you study this, you find out that later on in, in this portion of scripture, I'm going to read it to you, that, that, that this was not just an, a man. This was God. This was an angel of the Lord. This was a spiritual being wrestling with Jacob. Actually, Hosea says the same thing and says this was, this was the Lord wrestling with Jacob. And I want you to notice the Bible says till daybreak. He wrestled with God all night long. Some breakthroughs don't happen quickly. Sometimes it takes wrestling with God all night long. Sometimes it takes wrestling with God 
all week long. Sometimes it takes wrestling with God all month long. Sometimes it takes wrestling with God all year long. And Jacob was left alone and wrestled with God till daybreak. Verse 25 says, when the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he, noticed the word, as he wrestled with the man. Jacob had to wrestle with God to get his name changed. And oftentimes for us, we have to wrestle with God for God to, to reveal to us who we really are. I've taught this to you on many occasions that when we give our life to Jesus Christ, God saves us. He, he changes our life. He puts the Holy Spirit inside of us, but we still have our same mind. We can still have stink. We can be saved and have stinking thinking. We can be saved and controlled by, 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 by the labels that have been placed on our life. We can still remember the words people have spoken over our life. We're saved, but we can still be messed with and controlled by the words, you're stupid and you're dumb. The labels people have put on you like you're no good and you're worthless. You're saved, but you're still affected by the words, you'll never do anything with your life. You're a mistake. You're a loser. You're going to be just like your daddy, just like your mama, just like your uncle. Labels can attach to your soul and affect your life. And we have to wrestle with God so we can become who's, who he says we are instead of who they say we are. Wrestle with God. Philippians talks about this in Philippians chapter 2 and verse number 12. It says, therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Wrestle out your salvation. Fight for your salvation. This is not talking about wrestling to be saved or fighting to have your sins forgiven. When you give your life to Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven because of what Jesus has done, not because of what you have done. He forgives you. But can I tell you, when you give your life to Jesus, that is the starting point, not the ending point. You began a journey. You began a relationship with Jesus Christ where he changes you to be more like himself, where, where he transforms your mind and renews your mind. And so he says when you give your life to Jesus, from that point on, work out your salvation. Wrestle for your salvation because you have been labeled. People have said things about you. You've got stinking thinking that's controlling your life. You've got the labels that have attached on your soul by other people that are affecting your destiny. And he says when you give Give your life to Jesus. Wrestle. Work out your salvation. Work that junk off. Work the labels off. Rip those. Work out your salvation. Wrestle out your salvation with fear and trembling. Verse 13 says, why? 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 Is this important to work out your salvation, to wrestle out your salvation? Verse 13, for it is God who works in you. Who's been working in you? Who's been labeling you? Who's defined you? Who told you you were a nobody? Who's been working in you? Who's been messing with your mind, saying you're a loser? Who's been working in you? Listen, listen, you got to wrestle this stuff off. Work out your own salvation, for it is God. We want God who works in you. And he rips off the old labels, and he places on the new labels. It is God who works in you. Why? To will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. I don't want to fulfill anybody else's purpose for my life. 
I don't want anybody else to label me and to work in me and mess with my mind and I'm fulfilling their purpose versus letting God work in me, rip off the labels and put on the new labels and I fulfill his purpose and plan for my life. Wrestle with God. I grew up watching wrestling. Come on, how many of you like your pastor? You grew up watching some wrestling from time to time. Come on, where are my wrestling fans at? Some of you are lying. Lift your hand up. Come on, admit it. Praise the Lord. Yes, wrestling fans. Now, when I grew up, when I grew up, Wrestling was good. Come on, when I grew up, it was real back then. The wrestling was real. It was real to me. All right? It was real to me. Come on, how many of you remember the good old wrestlers like The Undertaker and Rowdy Rowdy Piper? Come on, and The Ultimate Warrior and Eddie Guerrero and Jake the Snake Roberts. Come on, anybody remember the million-dollar man, Ted DiBiase? Come on, anybody remember Carrie Von Eric and the Von Eric brothers? Anybody remember Kamala and Junkyard Dog and Superfly Snooker and Andre the Giant? Come on, that's when wrestling was good. They had Hulk Hogan and Coco Beware and Randy Macho Savage. Anybody remember? Anybody remember Ric Flair? Woo! <laughs> Some of y'all too young to remember all that. Yes, yes, Ric Flair. And the old wrestlers, they, they performed all kind of famous wrestling moves, like the Powell Driver. They had the Backdrop, the Suplex, the DDT. That was one of my favorites, the DDT. I mean, just the DDT. They had the Boston Crab and the Super Kick. Now, my favorite wrestling move when I was growing up was the figure four lock. Now, understand wrestling. If you're not familiar, the wrestlers would wrestle and pin a guy down on his back, get on top, and the ref would have to count to three, count them out. And if the shoulders stayed down, the guy won the match. But now, the figure four lock was different. It did not require a, an official three count. You see, here's how the figure four lock worked. Uh, the opponent would be laying on the ground. You would take one of his legs. You would grab it. You would spin around like this with his leg. You would take the other leg and put it on top. I didn't have to watch a YouTube video. I remember this stuff, man. And you put the other leg on top. And then you would grab, put your leg on top of that other leg, and you would press. Press. I know this. I used to do this to my sister all the time. That's for real. I couldn't do it to my brother. He was four years older than me. But my sister, I would put, I would wear her out. Say uncle, girl. Say uncle. And you would apply the pressure. And you would push and you would push. And you didn't wait for a three count. What you wanted is your opponent to submit. You did this for submission. You did this so they would surrender. And they would finally surrender everything and say, you got control, you win, uncle. And friend, wrestling with God is about submission. It's about surrendering to God. You see, when you wrestle with God, it's about, it's about letting God take control. And God will wrestle with you over your past and over your junk and over your labels because he wants to take control. He wants to rip off the old labels and place, off the, place on the new labels. A.W. Tozer said it like this, The Lord cannot fully bless a man until he has first conquered him. The Lord cannot fully bless a woman until he has first conquered her. 
And God conquered Jacob that day in that wrestling match. And when Jacob was finally conquered, then God can, could fully bless him. And when God can fully conquer you and control you and get you to submit to him and get you to surrender everything to him, then he can fully bless your life. That leads me to number three. Number three, how to get a name changed. Number three is this. Let God change your name. Let God change your name. Notice back in Genesis 32 and verse 26, it says, The man said, Let me go. For it is daybreak. The angel of the Lord said, let me go, man. Bubba, I've been messing with you all night long wrestling. Let me go. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Have you ever gotten to this point where you get serious about God and you get serious about your destiny and you get serious about your identity and you get serious about who you are in Jesus Christ, and you say, I'm not letting you go, God, until you bless me. I'm not giving up. I'm not stopping this wrestling match until you bless me. I've got tenacity. I'm going to be persistent. I'm not letting you go until you bless me. Verse 27 says, the man asked him, what is your name? Please understand, this was not a question for information. The angel of the Lord knew what his name was. God is all-knowing. He knows his name. This question was not for information. It was for introspection. It was for turning inside and looking internal and for Jacob to come to grips with who he had been and who he was. And so he asked, Jacob, I already know who you are, but what is your name? He says, Jacob, he answered, deceiver, trickster. Verse 28, then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel. And he changed his name. Israel. Israel means prince with God, prince of God. It means power with God. He changed his name that day from deceiver, trickster to prince. You'll no longer be a deceiver. Now you're going to be a prince. He goes on to say, because you have struggled, you have wrestled with God and with humans and have overcome. Jacob said, please tell me your name. But he replied, why do you ask my name? Then he blessed him there. So Jacob called the place Peniel saying, it is because I saw God face to face and yet my life was spared. And Jacob wrestled with God and let God change his name that day. People's church don't miss this. Midwest City, those joining online don't miss this. The greatest blessing that you can receive from your heavenly father is a name change. You see, so many people are after a blessing and yet they're after a blessing that is not the truest and the best blessing of all. You see, when people say, I want God to bless me, what they mean is, I want God to bless me with a new house. I want God to bless me with a new car. I want God to bless me with some more money. I want God to bless me with a new boyfriend or girlfriend. 
I want God to bless me with some new furniture. I want God to bless me with a new job. I want God to bless me with some new friends. And, and all of that is good. But can I tell you the greatest blessing? When, when, when Jacob said, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me, he says, I'm going to give you a great blessing. And the blessing that I'm going to give you is I'm going to change your name. And the greatest blessing that your heavenly father can give you is a new identity, is a new name change. It's for you to really figure out who you are in Jesus Christ, a new name. In 1997, when I graduated from college and left and my football, I still got another year of football eligibility left. Amen. They might call me up to come finish. I doubt it. But um, graduated and I was, it was a summer in June and Tiffany and I that summer in 1997 got engaged and we decided to get married a few short months later in December of 97 we got engaged in June July 97 and got married several months later in December because the Bible says it is better to marry than to burn and Tiffany was about to burn up that girl was about to burn up Lord help her we're gonna have to get married Jesus this is my sermon, and I'll preach it how I want to preach it. And in December, on the 20th of December in Grand Island, Nebraska, Tiffany M. Rust walked with her dad, Tim Rust, who's a pastor and preacher of the gospel. And he walked his daughter up the aisle in that church in Grand Island, Nebraska. And he handed her off to me. And Tiffany Rust that day exchanged wedding vows with me. I placed a ring on her finger. She placed a ring on my finger. After we said the vows, the pastor prayed. And he says, now I introduce to you and present to you Mr. and Mrs. Herbert Cooper. And that day, we made a covenant before God. And that day, Tiffany became my bride, and she took on my name. She was no longer that day Tiffany M. Rust. She was now Tiffany M. Cooper. And I want you to understand something. The Bible says that when you and I give our life to Jesus Christ, that Jesus is the groom and we are the bride. And when we give our life to Jesus Christ, Jesus gives us a new name. He gives us, we are no longer a child of the devil. We're now a child of God and we get a new name. You need to understand when you gave your life to Jesus Christ, you now have a new name. Listen, you are no longer a heathen or a nobody. Listen, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You are more than a conqueror, the Bible says. You got a new name. You're an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of your testimony. The Bible says things like this, that you're blessed. You're blessed in the city. You're blessed in the field. You're blessed in your coming in. You're blessed in your going out. The Bible says you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. The Bible says you're a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. The Bible says that you're wonderfully and fearfully made. The Bible says you're loved, you're gifted, you're anointed, you're valuable, you have a purpose. Jesus gave you a new name. 
You're now the bride of Christ. Let God change your name. And he's changing your name if you belong to him. But you don't need it just to sink it into your head. You need it to sink into your heart. You got a new name. The old labels Jesus rips off. And he's placing on new labels today. Number four is this. How do we get, how do we get a name change? How do we get a name change? Number four is let God change your walk. Change your walk. Notice this in Genesis 32, verse 25. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. And the Bible says after Jacob wrestled with God, his name was changed. Verse 31 says this in Genesis 32. The sun rose above him and he passed Peniel and he was limping because of his hip. Jacob had such a powerful encounter with God that it changed the way he walked for the rest of his life. People's church, don't just wrestle with God until he changes your name. Wrestle with God until he changes your walk. And that day, Jacob wrestled with God. His name was changed to Israel. His hip was touched. And from that encounter with God, the rest of his life, he walked with a limp. He never walked the same after that encounter with God. And I tell you what many of you need today is an encounter with God. Not where God just changes your name, but where he changes your walk. He rips off the old labels and he puts on the new labels and your walk is different. How you treat your kids is different because he's changed your walk. How you treat your spouse is different because he changed your walk. How you treat and have that relationship with that boy or that girl, that man or that woman is changed because he changed your walk. How you study and how you perform at your school and how you talk to your teacher and talk to your parents has changed because he changed your walk. How you work at the workplace, how you talk at the workplace is changed because he changed your walk. How you talk to people, the words you choose, the word, how you treat people is changed because he changes your walk and some of you have had the old labels attached to you you loser you're a nobody and you're walking like a nobody and you're walking with no confidence and you need Jesus to touch you and it changes your walk and you walk with a godly confidence and a holiness and a purity and a righteousness and a destiny and a purpose you encounter Jesus and he doesn't just change your name. He changes. Your walk. 